what is the upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX Hockey Cast. We are on episode 58, and this is my little weekly hockey show where I go through all the major news and whatnot in the NHL, give you my opinions and all that stuff. I am a fan of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I apologize in advance, and I'm also a fan of the Calgary Flames. So there's there's that. There is some hope in this in this guy. All jokes aside, let's get into the hockey news this week. So we are in the offseason, so it's going to be a majority of signings and that kind of talk. But I want to take a look at some of the teams that were looking on the outside of the playoff race last year. It's teams that didn't quite make it. We're going to take a look at those uh, three teams in particular, Buffalo, Detroit, and Ottawa. See out of those three teams which one might be... I don't know, closer to a playoff-bound season, so we'll take a look at those teams, go through the signings, there has been a trade, and an arrest, so we're gonna go into all that stuff. Since we brought up the arrest, let's just, let's just get that out of the way right now, so Alex Galchenyuk has been arrested, Um, so I didn't, you know, go into uh, full details on the story, but he has been arrested uh, for domestic, or not domestic, but um, basically just, you know, it's a bad situation. Uh, He was being a naughty boy and a little bit uh, unruly. I don't know if any substances were involved, if there was any alcohol, regardless. Uh, Galchenyuk arrested so uh, I don't know if he's out or anything like that I don't I don't know if he's going to be in jail for a substantial amount of time uh, according to the crime you know just a kind of a unruly situation I don't think he'll be you know locked up for numerous years but it's a thing that happens so you know Galchenyuk has had quite the career you know a third overall pick sky's the limit when you're such a high draft pick but it just hasn't quite come all together right here he's been really struggling to find a home with the Leafs and then Colorado he signed with Arizona and now that's over so it came out before we knew exactly what happened with Galchenyuk that Arizona was going to be terminating his contract and then the the whole arresting thing came out so we found out why uh that was going down so you know Arizona trying to uh 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 organization on the up and up trying to you know seem that they're got a head on their shoulders so they really don't want to have this kind of situation so terminating that contract moving on from that player I mean it's business you got to do what you got to do hopefully Galchenyuk is in a good place right now you know uh, just get back on track and hopefully his hockey career can get back on track as well I mean always had uh, hopes that maybe I mean, technically, he was a Toronto Maple Leaf there for a hot second, but you know how it is. I, I've I've known this player for quite, I've, you know, watched his whole entire career, and uh, yeah, it's been quite disappointing, but hoping that Galchenyuk can get it back together. So yeah, that happened. That is definitely a thing that happened, and it is quite unfortunate indeed. And speaking of unfortunate, we have another contract getting terminated. Uh, this one is... Tony D, Tony D'Angelo, not the wrestler, but the hockey player. He is going to have his final year of his contract bought out by the Philadelphia Flyers. So another guy out here, uh, definitely been hopping around a lot of teams lately. It never seems to work out with this guy wherever he goes. He plays well. He's a very skilled defenseman. He can put up a lot of points, but uh, there's definitely a personality situation going on with this player. There's been a whole bunch of stories of... 
you name it, just uh, clashing with teammates and coaches and, and having some opinions that maybe others aren't super agreeing with. But regardless, Philadelphia is Dunyan rings with Tony D'Angelo. They're going to buy out that last year. $5 million. So, I mean, for Philadelphia, it doesn't matter. They're going to be trashed. They're right in the midst of a rebuild here. So, they don't necessarily need that player on their team. And if they're trying to build a really good culture over there in Philadelphia right now, maybe having Tony D in there is not the best fit. So, where he's going to end up, we don't know just yet. I mean, it worked out quite good for him in Carolina. Word was that he was going to go to Carolina, but that hasn't happened just yet. So, Carolina, I mean, that whole the whole thing with Carolina right now, it's very, very up in the air. We'll get to Carolina more so in the Eric Carl, Carlson situation, but Tony D'Angelo, he's um, another player this offseason, along with Zadina, who is just giving up money, and uh, they still have money owed on their contract, but they're just going to... Uh, agree to uh, terminate the contract with their organization and they're just going to re-sign somewhere else and leaving a a substantial amount of money on the table. I mean, D'Angelo is leaving, you know, depending on where he signs and how much he's going to get. He's going to be leaving money on the table, so he's betting on himself and, you know, over... His last few seasons, I I feel it's a pretty fair bet. He can put up quite a bit of points. He's got value. It's just, I guess, teams get exhausted with him after a a short amount of time. So I have a strong feeling that Tony D will find another team quite fast. I don't think it's going to be a problem for him. So that's uh, that's interesting with Philadelphia. Uh, other Philadelphia news, we do have uh, d- some decent news, I guess. Cam Atkinson is set to return. Uh, I like Cam Atkinson quite a bit. Uh, his run here in Philadelphia hasn't been fantastic yet. He's been dealing with a lot of injuries since he got there. But I enjoy the player. He's got, as far as I can tell, like a good attitude since he got to Philadelphia. So I feel like Tortorella is going to be pretty happy to have him back. They have history in Columbus. So that's cool news for the Philadelphia Flyers. There's at least that going on. Um, in terms of uh, some Patrick Kane update here, uh, he claims that he is unlikely to sign uh, until probably after the season starts, so he's go- he wants to be 100%. Um, I feel it's more of a smokescreen he's throwing up that he's just kind of going to wait in the background, watch the NHL form out, see what teams are competitive, see what teams maybe we thought were going to be competitive and drop out. I think he's going to be patient here and select the right team, and he will he will be going to a contending team, I would imagine, but I don't think he's in any rush. He'll be a late addition for a team somewhere. I, I haven't really heard of any teams that he's favoring. I would really love to see him go to Buffalo, hometown, Buffalo on the rise, maybe a piece like Patrick Kane could get them to the playoffs. Who knows? That would be a lot of fun. I mean, that's where I personally would like him to go. It would be fun for him to go back to Chicago, but... I mean, that, that's pretty much done, right? Like, Taves is gone. Pretty much everybody out of Chicago is gone now. I think that I think everybody is gone at this point. And now they're, they're starting up their whole new thing with Bedard. So, I mean, Patrick Kane's already left. So, it's not like, oh, he's not going to finish his career, have his whole entire career with Chicago. But he can. He can go back and finish it off. But I still think he's got a few more years left in him. But I just don't think we're going to be seeing, like, point-a-game Patrick Kane anymore. I feel he would be a great supporting piece on a contending team, rather a second-line guy, power play specialist. He could, He's definitely still got some gas in the tank, that's for sure. So 
Patrick Kane claiming that he won't sign uh, in the immediate future, but he's definitely going to be signing with somebody, but he's just waiting for right now. Which team do you think he's going to go to? I mean, I feel it's pretty obvious. I think he's going to go to a contending team. Would he go back to New York and maybe sign a deal similar to Blake Wheeler, where it's just outrageously team-friendly, and they just load up and go for it and see what they can do? So, I don't know. Where do you think Patrick Kane is going to end up? And let's see, what other kind of news do we have? Uh, nothing overly big. I want to do. I wanted to go over my pre, uh, my last year's uh, season predictions and cup predictions. I haven't had the time to go back through those episodes, so uh, I'll, I will get to that at some point during this offseason so we can make fun of how awful my predictions were. So that will be on the docket at some point this offseason. So... Before we get into talking about Buffalo, Detroit, and Ottawa, and all of them, uh, let's talk about Eric Carlson for a second, since we teased it. So, we are still waiting for Eric Carlson to land somewhere. I mean, the, the talks are very much so around the Carolina Hurricanes, which, again, is a little baffling to me, because the whole Brett Burns and Carlson on the same blue line didn't necessarily work out in in uh, San Jose doesn't mean 100% it won't work out in Carolina, but, you know, we've we've seen this happen already before. It didn't quite work out. So, you know, it, it doesn't look great on paper. And then Tony D'Angelo was apparently going there. So they could have had just this crazy blue line of defensemen that can't play defense that well with Brett Burns, Eric Carlson, and Tony D'Angelo. But, I mean, the argument is, I mean, Brett Burns hasn't been known to be, like, the strongest defensively, but last year in Carolina, he, I, I thought he was quite good all around. You know, more so, obviously, offensively, but defensively, he was much better than he was in San Jose. He, he's going into a much more structured organization in Carolina, and, yeah, I feel like maybe the reins were pulled back a bit on Brett Burns, but... I'm just curious, like, does 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 Eric Carlson have to play on the wing? Could they not move Brett Burns to a forward? He used to be a forward. Could they move him back up there? If if Eric Eric Carlson comes in, would they put could he work as a winger or something in the NHL? I mean, I played with this a couple times in the video games where you put a very, very talented offensive uh, defenseman on the wing and they just go crazy. But that's a video game, right? But like I said, Brett Burns was a forward. He switched to defense. Dustin Bufflin, same thing. He was a forward, shifted to defense. Could we see something like that happen in Carolina? They are. They really want that offense. And in a different way, they are kind of, instead of relying on offense with the forwards, they have it. You know, they have Sebastian Ajo. They have uh, Tara Bynan, and they have Svechnikov. But their back end... Uh, if they had Eric Carlson, Brett Burns, I mean, their most potent offensive players would be on the blue line. And you don't necessarily see that too often where a team can, you know, kind of go at it offensively with their defense. It would be really interesting to see a team like Carolina do that because they're kind of a defensively minded team. And it would be interesting to see a team led by the defensemen when it comes to offensive production. I think that would be pretty interesting. Regardless, we are still uh, waiting for this trade to go down. It From rumblings around the league and everything, it seems like it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. I think uh, Mike Greer, I think his name is Mike Greer, but regardless, San Jose GM, I think he's doing... Uh, it's the smart thing for now, he's being very, very patient. 
Um, very, very much so trying to die on the hill of not retaining uh, very much money. I feel like it's just going to slowly creep up. I don't think you'll hit 50%, but I think uh, end of the day, it's going to be like 40% at least. Or they could just kind of get through all of this and just make it a three-way trade where you have one team retaining 50%. Eric Carlson goes to that team. They trade him again, retain 50% yet again, and they can get Eric Carlson down to, I think, like four to six million dollars, somewhere in around there. So a 100-point defenseman in and around five to six million dollars. I mean, yes, please. That would be fantastic. Um there's just so much behind this deal, right? It's a lot of money to move. There's a lot of moving parts. A three-way trade is extremely hard to pull off. There's only so many teams that can do it. There's only so many teams that are apparently interested. I don't even hear the Kraken anymore. I've heard rumblings that the Leafs are in there, but that's just laugh. That just makes me giggle. There's no fucking way. And until it happens, man, uh, we're just all we can really do is speculate, but... I'm I'm thinking that he's going to land in Carolina. I thought the Kraken would have been a more appropriate place for him. I think they it would be a better fit there. But I mean, in ter- I just want it to happen in terms of you know make Eric Carlson happy. I want to see that guy challenge for a Stanley Cup. I mean, he gave me one of my most memorable moments with that unbelievable pass that he did to Mark Stone in the playoffs, and that oh my god, that was absolutely incredible. We've been. We haven't seen Carlson in the playoffs for quite a long time. I would like to see that man in there competing for a Stanley Cup. That would be a lot of fun. So where do you guys think Eric Carlson is going to end up? What do you think, what does a return look like on San Jose's end? Like, is it, is, like, it's so hard, right? You have a 100-point Norris-winning defenseman, but he's got a god-awful contract. So, like, who's getting... What are we getting here? Is San Jose going to be getting any sort of maybe a young prospect asset? Are they getting picks back? Or is this just clearing up salary cap? Like, that has a ton of value in that of itself. So I'm curious as to what San Jose is getting back or if they're even going to get anything back other than the cap space. So very interested to see how uh, Mr. Greer over there in San Jose is going to get through this. But, I mean, we still have a lot of time. But, you know, sooner... Is, is, is probably better. Let's just get this shit over with, please. All right, let's move on now. Let's go talk about some of all the signings and, and, and stuff that's going on in the league. So let's do trades because there was a f- pretty hefty trade that went down here. Okay. So the Debrincat saga with Ottawa Senators is over now. Um, I mean, all the talks prior to that, I mean, it doesn't really matter now. The trade is done. So, Alex DeBrincat on his way to the Detroit Red Wings, Ottawa Senators acquiring Dominic Kubelik, Donovan Sabrango, a conditional 2024 first, and a 2024 fourth round pick. And Detroit gets Alex DeBrincat straight up. So, I know it's... uh, uh, everyone's jumping on Ottawa right now. It's it's very easy to do that, I understand, because DeBrincat is clearly the best player involved in this deal, so everyone's all about Detroit right now. But I think it's it's fine for both. I mean, so let's just go... Let's do the Detroit side. So they're getting DeBrincat. I mean, fantastic. A potential 40-goal guy. I mean, word on the street is he can't run a line by himself, but you're going to put him in there with a guy like Dylan Larkin. Larkin, you know, not the 
best top line center in the league, but he's very, very talented indeed. And maybe he's been missing a very, very good winger on his wing to make him a more dominant player. So I don't know if he's going to be playing there 100%, but you would you would like to think so, right? So Debrincat there, we'll talk about his extension in a moment, but Debrincat instantly going into that top six, you would think top line. And in terms of production, ah, I mean, Detroit's made a lot of moves, man. So I would feel that he's going to put up more goals than he did in Ottawa, but in and around... I, I, I would imagine he would get back to that point of game. We'll just have to kind of wait and see. But obviously, this is a fantastic move for Detroit. They're they're adding even more wingers to an already quite nice-looking team right here. <coughs> Excuse me. And that that's a good move for uh, Stevie Y. So last week, we talked about how uh, some of the Detroit fans might have been a little bit concerned with what Stevie Y has been doing over this offseason. That's all gone now that they added to Brincat. So... That's great. I mean, it's a great move for Detroit. They're on the up and ups. Very interesting that they're dealing with Ottawa, a team that is kind of in a similar boat here outside of the playoffs for quite a while. And a team that, you know, could have, uh, some people were predicting both of these teams could have made the playoffs last year. So very interesting that they're dealing with each other here. Word on the street, you know, Debrincat. Um, didn't want to sign with a lot of the teams that Ottawa was trying to work with. And it kind of just came down to the wire that Detroit was a team he wanted to go to, a team he was willing to sign an extension with. So, you know, Ottawa kind of backed into a corner here. It It is unfortunate that they, you know, they had to give up their seventh overall pick last year for Debrincat and... As of right now, the return coming back isn't as much as they gave up for Debrincat, but let's break it down. So, Ottawa getting Dominic Kubelik. So, this guy had a fantastic start with Detroit last year. It definitely tailed off. He, he looked like he could have broken 30, 35 goals. He was on a fantastic pace. He still broke 20 goals. I can see him getting that 20 goals here for Ottawa. So, I don't think the goal... Uh, loss is going to be all that bad with Debrincat. I think Debrincat was like 29 goals, um, Kubelik around 20. So I could see Kubelik doing that again. I would say arguably he's got better centers to work with here. Will he be a top six forward for Ottawa? I guess it kind of depends on injuries and whatnot, but I can see him getting in there or he could be a very, very good third line uh, winger. But I like Dominic Kubelik, the player. Uh, he's got a great uh, cap hit for this season. I will check. We'll, I'll be going to actually have Cap Friendly open up right here. So we got Dominic Kubelik. Yeah, he is signed for $2.5 million for this season. He will be an unrestricted free agent after that. So um, it's going to be interesting what an extension is going to look like for Kubelik. I mean, with such an incredibly hot start, it definitely tailed off, but so did the whole entire Detroit team on the back half of the season. So a good chance, you know, if Ottawa stays competitive the whole entire season, you're going to see a better overall season from Kubelik. I think he's a good player. I really do like Dominic Kubelik. So other pieces, they brought in Donovan Sabrango. I believe he is a young, I think he was selected in the third round defenseman. So, you know, he is still developing may not ever make it into the NHL. We'll just have to kind of wait and see on that piece. And then a conditional 2024 first round pick. That's all going to be dependent on, I think that might be Boston's pick. So 
it's going to be dependent. I believe there's protection and all that great stuff. So a first round pick, I mean, it it could be, who knows? It could be a top 10 pick. It may not be. Regardless, a first round pick for Debrincat, it's not bad. And then the in a fourth round. So it's not, I know it's not exactly the sun and the moon that maybe Ottawa fans feel like they paid for to bring in Debrincat for only one season. It's disappointing that it went down that way. I really liked when they brought in Debrincat. I thought it was a very, very smart move for them at the time. I thought he would have signed an extension, no problem. But here we are. Things change, and now Debrincat, part of the Detroit Red Wings. And I, I don't know, man. I think it could work out pretty good for both. I mean, Dominic Kublik could come in. Great attitude. He can have a very good start and finish with Ottawa. Maybe now there's a little bit less kind of a, a I don't know, a dark cloud hanging over Ottawa. With the whole Debrincat situation, it's gone. It's over with now. We don't have to worry about it. And, I mean, Debrincat was good for Ottawa, but he wasn't great, right? He didn't come in, he didn't put up the 40 goals, or even 50 goals that people were hoping he would put up when he got here. You know, having uh, Stutzla as your center and stuff like that. So, you know, I, 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 I don't hate the deal as much as other people have. So, I think it's fine, uh, but... If I had to pick a winner for now, it's Detroit because they just got the better player. But I don't think, like, Dominic Kublik is a pretty nice player. So, you know, it's not that bad. All right, let's try and get to the signings here. So, last week we kind of left off, I believe, around, like, uh, the ninth. I think the last episode I did was the ninth. So, I think we ended off in and around the Anze Kopitar. So, I'm just going to go off from July 7th onward and we're for the most part just gonna blast through these because it's mostly league minimum stuff here so uh we got two from seattle will borgen gets a two-year extension 2.7 million dollars per 26 year old defenseman i can't say i know a whole lot about him my eyebrow raised when i saw 2.7 but apparently he's a pretty nice little defenseman so not a bad signing there for seattle they also add in pierre ed edward belmar uh, league minimum. He's 38 years old now, but believe he was part of that uh, Stanley Cup winning Tampa Bay team. So you're adding in some some veteran leadership and depth right here. Not bad. You got Pittsburgh. They're still doing stuff. They're adding in Vinny Henestrosa and Andreas Johnson, former Toronto Maple Leafs. So uh, I feel like Kyle Dubas was there when Andreas Janssen was a Leaf. I believe he traded him, but yeah, since uh, Andreas Janssen has left Toronto, it hasn't been fantastic for him. I liked him quite a bit when he was in Toronto. A little fiery, had some scoring potential, but uh, injury problems have been uh, hampering his career for right now. So, 800000 one year, kind of league minimum, low risk. We'll see. It could be, who knows, if Andreas Janssen can find even a little bit of what he had there in Toronto, it, it's a it's a decent move. And then Vinny Hinnestroza, league bin, depth signing right there. Not bad. We got the Kraken. The Kraken are going to be very busy here. So they're doing lots of stuff, but nothing too big. They signed Cole Lynn to a one-year extension, league minimum. Young player still, 24 years old. We'll see if he can find a spot on the roster this season. We got LA signing Tobias Bjornford for two years, league min. Niels Hoaglander, Vancouver, re-signs him for two years at $1.1 million. Like this player quite a bit. Um, I know Vancouver fans might be a little hot and cold on this player. Uh, I, I wish he can get into the lineup a little bit more consistently and they can really see what's going on with this player. He's still young, 22 years old. 
wing. Well, he's listed here as a winger, but I feel like he's played center. I like the signing quite a bit for Vancouver. Just really hoping that Hoglander can find a consistent spot in the lineup because that would be good. There's been some flashes with Hoglander. He looked really, really good. So hoping that could be a really good deal for Vancouver. Got Seattle signing Kale Flurry. Two years, about league minimum depth signing right there. Not bad. Detroit, here is the extension for Alex DeBrincat. So we got a four-year extension. $7.875 million. Love it. Very good deal right there. The cap hit is good. I enjoyed that cap hit. Kind of sucks that, you know, I feel Ottawa could easily... they were. It's not that they weren't willing to give him the money. He just didn't want to sign. So... That's unfortunate, but it's a really nice-looking deal for Detroit. Under $8 million, quite comparable to the Cole Caulfield. And DeBrincat has, what, two, I think, two 40-goal seasons under his belt. Almost three. So, yeah, I mean, this is a really nice signing. I like the four years. I know people would have preferred the eight-year deal, but it's going to take him until he's 29, 30 years old. And maybe on that last extension, you might be able to get even a lower cap hit, but... Again, that's four years from now. Cap Cap's going to go up, so who knows? Regardless, really like that four years right there. I like that quite a bit. Good extension. We got Philadelphia. Cam York, two years, $1.6 million per season, 22-year-old defenseman. We're still waiting for Cam York. I don't know if he could be potentially traded out of Philadelphia. Uh, they He... It, it's tough, right? He's 22 for a defenseman. He's still got time to get going here. He's shown flashes of, of looking really good. I'm hoping for Cam York. Don't really know what the future is going to be with that player. Philadelphia also signs Noah Cates. Two years, $2.625 million per season. 24-year-old center. So two young players here in Philadelphia. Really no risk to these deals. They're basically bridge deals, and we'll find out if these guys can become or uh, take bigger steps on this team. It's going to be tough because they are, you know, Philadelphia, they're rebuilding, but maybe more time for these guys could be beneficial. Now we got Philip Zadina. Zadina has found a team. He is going to San Jose for one year, $1.1 million. He's 23, didn't work out with Detroit, former sixth overall pick. And uh, I really like this move for San Jose. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of people knocking at the Zadina door to see, take a flyer on him. And San Jose makes a lot of sense. They're going to have a spot in the top six for this guy to, to give him a shot. Really like it. Virtually no risk to that deal for them. They're rebuilding. They got lots of money. So love the move for them. And good luck to Philip Zadina, man. I really hope he can find his way. Or at, at just minimum, find a consistent job in the NHL he may not become uh that sixth overall potential when they drafted him initially but if he can become a solid NHL person then that's great we got Mitchell Stevens signs a league men with Montreal not bad Ian Mitchell uh signs a league men with Boston we got Montreal again uh with an extension of Alex Newhook so we got four years on that deal 2.9 million dollars per Really, really like this deal right here. This could be very good. He's only 22 years old. Center, yes. I mean, there's really not much bad behind this deal right here. Let me just take a look at what did Newhook do in uh, last season here. Uh, he had 14 goals, 16 assists, played all 82 games. Not bad, man. I mean, not bad considering with the center as well. He's going to get a little bit better. 
and I would say it's a fairly low risk. I mean, I like the four years on that. It's a, it's a good number. It could be an absolute banger of a deal. This guy could potentially move up to a top six role, or he could just be a fantastic third line. Even if he falls down to the fourth line at that age, should be able, if, if it gets really bad, it should be a movable deal. I like this signing right here for Montreal. They're doing a lot of good work right here. Carolina Hurricanes signed Brendan Lemieux, one year, $800,000. Got to bring in that piece of shit uh, attitude to the team. So, yeah, that, uh, we'll see where Brendan Lemieux, if he even gets to play, we will have to wait and see. Uh, Kevin Mandelizzi signs with Ottawa, one year, uh, league minimum. That's goaltender. Show, play, gotten a few games last year for Ottawa and looked like maybe there's something there. So, we'll see what's going on there with Mandelizzi. They're. I don't know, the goalie situation as of right now. I mean, yes, they just signed Corpusello, but I still have a question mark on the goaltending for Ottawa. Maybe someday Kevin Mandelizzi could be the goalie for them. Now in the New York Rangers, they're at it again. Oh my God, everyone's just giving them all the great deals. Keandre Miller, two-year extension worth $3.872 million. Wow, that's fantastic. I thought it was going to be... A lot more than that, so bridge deal clearly right here, and Keandre could get paid after this two-year extension, but, I mean, just shy of $4 million, I mean, bra fucking O by New York, now you might be regretting this this um, bridge in a couple years, but as of right now, definitely solidifies them as one of the favorites going into uh, this season, they got a great blue line, great uh, forward group, and yeah, man, one of the best goaltenders back there, Keandre Miller, that is a fantastic deal, this guy is awesome, very awesome, definitely gets overshadowed by some of the bigger names in New York, Adam Fox, and even Truba, and so on and so forth, but great deal right here for Keandre Miller, I imagine Rangers fans are cheering in the streets on that one, Nashville signs Dennis Guriana for one year, 850000 very nice deal right here, I mean, he has flashes of looking really good, Giryanov, but, I mean, no risk to this deal. He's still 26, so maybe he can become a 20-goal guy for Nashville this season. They're going to be looking for offense from people, so maybe Giryanov can find it there in Nashville. I like that signing. St. Louis brings back Oscar Sunquist for league minimum one year. No problem with that. Anaheim signs their second overall draft pick, Leo Carlson, for his entry-level deal. Congratulations. Boston signs Jesper Boquist, one year, league minimum, 24-year-old winger, probably depth, might not crack the lineup, we'll have to wait and see. Oh, here's a name, Travis Dermott, what's up, dog, signs a one-year, 800000 with the Arizona Coyotes, very nice, very nice, nice to see Travis Dermott still getting it done, kind of ridiculous that he's still, he's only 26 still, so very nice, good for him. Ty Delandria, one-year uh, extension with the Dallas Stars, 900000 Scored a couple big goals there in the playoffs for them. He had that big game. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he was a higher-touted prospect when he got drafted. I really didn't expect him to kind of turn into this player when uh, he initially got drafted. But he's a little bit more gritty, a little more tough than I would have ever expected. But yeah, I mean, nice signing for Dallas. He's still only 22 years old. So, I mean, could be more there, but we'll have to wait and see. St. Louis signs their first round draft pick, Dalibor Dvorsky, for his entry-level deal. Congrats. New Jersey adding in some depth in Chris Tierney. One-year league minimum. Center depth, I like that for them. No risk. 
Um, you got Pittsburgh signing, uh, oh boy, Emil Pienim. Entry level, congrats. And they also got Gruden for league men. You got uh, Wahlberg and Buffalo signing his entry level deal. Brett Murray signing a league minimum deal with Buffalo as well. You got uh, Benoit Olivier Grulks Gr- uh, uh, re-signing with the Ducks. Zach Sanford, league men with the Arizona Coyotes. Ty Smith, league men with the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's still only 23 years old. At times there when he was in New Jersey, looked like he could be, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, I want to say a rover, but definitely maybe a defenseman that can move the puck pretty decently, put up some points. Uh, But yeah, since he got to Pittsburgh, he's been struggling to make it into the NHL lineup. So, I mean, he's 23. Maybe there's something there. We'll have to wait and see. Raphael Lavoie, or Lavoie, re-signs with the Edmonton Oilers, 875,000. Pretty good, man. Pretty good. So that's all the signings that have gone down, all the trades that have gone down. So let's take a look at some of these teams here that might be able to make it into the playoffs this year. Now, the, the, the offseason isn't over yet. There could still be more moves in play for any of these three teams. So we'll take a quick look, not an overly in-depth look just yet until their teams are a little, we're a little bit more close to the uh, season start, but let's start with Ottawa. So in terms of forwards, man, I really like their forwards. They got you got Timmy Stutes locked in for eight. You got Brady Kachuk who took a nice step last year. Claude Giroux who had a nice rebound. Drake Batherson, nice solid player right there as well. You're gonna have Josh Norris in there who's gonna be looking for a nice rebound season as long as he can stay healthy. I believe he'll be there ready to go for the beginning of the season. You have the newly added Dominic Kubalik. And, you know, outside of that, I don't know if Matthew Joseph would be cracking that top six, but, you know, with injuries and whatnot. So you got Matthew Joseph, Ridley Gregg, who could potentially step into the lineup this year. We'll see. Mark Kastralik. Zach McEwen, Parker Kelly, and Shane Pinto, who still, I believe, needs a deal here, but not bad, man. I'd like that forward group. It would be nice to maybe get a little bit more bottom six depth right there. And in terms of defense, hold on, I just want to make sure that I'm not missing any. You do still have, uh, well, that's actually, never mind, that's a buyout. Okay, so yeah, I think some forward depth here uh, is still would be beneficial for the Ottawa Senators. And then in terms of defense, so obviously you got Jacob Chikrin back there. Big addition for them last season. We're going we're gonna to see how he does in a full season in the Ottawa Senators uniform. He looked pretty good in a short little stint there last season. You got Thomas Shabbat back there. Just the, the, the minute-eating defenseman back there. Artem Zub. Okay, not bad. A little bit uh, underrated. Not talked about very much. But a nice guy. I'm at, well, no, because you're going to have Travis Hamnick with Shabbat. But... Artem Zub, not bad. Eric Brandstrom, still looking for that that next level out of him. Maybe it comes this season. Travis Hamnick, solid veteran defenseman. Jake Sanderson, looking for a big year out of Jake Sanderson. And Jacob Bedard-Docker. So, Jake Sanderson already into the NHL now. Uh, just got to keep developing, looking very, very good. And then Jacob Bedard-Docker, there you go. Hoping maybe that guy can get into the lineup a little bit more consistently this season. And then the goaltenders, you got Jonas Corposalo, big addition for them in the offseason. 29 years old, so, I mean, arguably still in the prime, but 
it's risky, man. This one's very, very risky. Not necessarily the most consistent goaltender I've ever seen, but when he's really good, he's really, really good. So, cross, uh, fingers crossed for the Ottawa Senators fans, I imagine, hoping that Jonas Corpusal was going to be good. And they also have Anton Forsberg back there as well. So, I mean, kind of a shame to see what happened with Gustafson. They moved on from him, and he's been fantastic for Minnesota. Uh, what would Ottawa be with if they be like if they still had Gustafson back there? But I mean, forward wise, I mean that top six is very, very nice. I really like their top six. They have definitely it's a better defensive core than they've had. If you can get a, another step forward out of Jake Sanderson and a Bedard. Bernard Docker can get into that lineup and, you know, really start to produce and be an effective NHL defenseman back there. Ottawa could be good. And if Eric Brandstrom can take a, a step forward offensively, man, Ottawa could potentially could potentially be in there. Okay, so that's Ottawa. Let's go. Let's do okay, out of did. Let's do Detroit because they are kind of connected at the hip right at this moment. I just have to find them. Detroit. So how we doing? Let's see here. I, I'm I'm not very good at this cat friendly thing. Okay, so in terms of forwards, you got Dylan Larkin, Alex DeBrincat, Andrew Cobb, JT Comfort, David Perron, and then after that, like one, two, three, four, five, and then after that, I mean, it could be Robbie Fabry could be there. Daniel Sprung can grab that spot. Lucas Raymond more than likely going to be in that top six as well. So. You got Robbie, you got Clem Costine now added to the lineup as well. Really like that. Daniel Sprong added, I like that as well. Christian Fisher, not bad. And then you got uh, Bjorgen, Lucas Raymond, like we said, hoping for a rebound out of him. It wasn't that it was a bad season last year. It just wasn't better than his rookie season. So a little bit of a, what do you call that, sophomore slump, but I would expect Lucas Raymond. He's a very, very talented player. I would expect a I would expect a bounce back out of him. Joe Valeno still doesn't have a contract signed just yet. Uh, I don't know if, I mean, I feel like the ceiling for him is is gone, but could still potentially be a, a, a contributor, contributor in the NHL at some point. Back end, you got Ben Sherratt, eh. Shane Gossespierre, eh. Justin Hall, Eh, Jake Wallman, okay, he's, 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 yeah, he's big, Oli Mata, oof, Gustav Lindstrom, mm-hmm, and then Maurice Sider, so, I mean, yeah, Maurice Sider, final year of his ELC, so he's gonna be getting paid, not the best looking defensive core, I must admit, right here, I mean, Justin Hall, I mean, I'm a Leaf fan, I watched him for years, uh, he's going to be tough, man, you're gonna hate him some nights, you'll be, you'll defend him to the death on other nights, Shane Gossespierre, I mean, we know what this guy's all about, all offense, no defense, Ben Chirot, uh, a bit overrated, but he's an okay, but, uh, probably going to be one of their top defensemen, not, not a guy you want to have as your top defenseman, Oli Mata, yeah, and yeah, their, their defense isn't great, Marit Sider, also kind of had of a, again, not a bad year, but not as good as his first year. Uh, teams are definitely going to be keying in on him. He is a major, major part of the Detroit Red Wings attacks. So we'll see if Marit Sider is able to get around uh, the waters of, of NHL teams focusing in on him more than ever. So yeah. And then in that, you got Vili Husso and James Reimer. So I, I like that tandem. Vili Husso, good, solid starter. James Reimer, good solid fringe starter I would say so not the best 
tandem in the league, but it, I would I'm not I'm not angry at it. They also have so overall, I mean, it's a pretty good team, but I would just say on paper right now, I I like I like Ottawa's team more. Uh, Detroit might have a little bit more of a filled out uh, forward group here, but Ottawa definitely has the higher end talent there with De- with um, Stutzla, Giroux, and others, other guys anyway. But I would say they have the higher end talent. Detroit might have a little bit more depth uh, throughout their whole entire lineup. Even though I don't think either defensive cores are necessarily fantastic. I'm giving the edge here to Ottawa because I just looking at this Detroit one. Other than Cider, don't really like anybody on that blue line a, a whole bunch. Like Gossespierre is a fine uh, power play kind of specialist guy, and their goaltenders are fine. Like I'm not uh, over the moon about it, but I'm not mad at it either. I think Detroit uh, getting better. So far, I don't really see that team cracking into a playoff spot. It would have to take uh, some other teams probably to fall out. Uh, for Detroit to get in, but I think they're definitely going to be more competitive than they were last season, so that's a positive. And now we'll go to the Buffalo Sabres. Let's see how they're looking as of right now in terms of forwards. You have Jeff Skinner still making his $9 million for the rest of eternity. Four more years, but still. Uh, I mean, Jeff Skinner... I uh, still don't like that $9 million, but it's gotten better since uh, some of those really bad early seasons. Tage Thompson could could uh, take even another step, get even better. This guy could potentially hit 50 goals this year. Dylan Cousins signed his big extension looking. Uh, I mean, it's he hasn't quite grown into that $7.1 million player just yet, but definitely looks like he's going to get there quite soon. Is it this year? Is it next year? We'll have to wait and see. Still only 22 years old. Victor Olofsson, I like that player. He can put in some goals. You know, he's kind of your classic, just bonafide sniper. He'll go cold, but when he's hot, he's hot. Alex Tuck, love this player. Absolutely over the moon with Alex Tuck. Love, 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 love him. Jordan Greenway, good addition. Casey Middlestat, uh, you know, first, I feel like he's been in the league forever. He's still 24. Uh, you know, it's he's not... It didn't become the top 10 player that he necessarily got drafted as, but a solid little player. Uh, Buffalo all-time great. Gergensen still there. Kyle Pozo, Tyson Joes, Peyton Krebs. And uh, is it John Jason Paterka or Jason John? Whatever. Paterka is there as well. I do... Do you still have... Yes, okay. They're all still signed. So, uh, don't like it as much as Ottawa either, but... Tage Thompson might be the most talented player of all the teams. He might be the biggest uh, superstar. I mean, Timmy Stutzel is right there. Very good as well. Uh, Dylan Cousins, pretty good young player. Again, I think I'm going to go with Ottawa as having the best forward group, uh, especially with that top six. Uh, with Buffalo, is it better than Detroit's? Hmm. I really like Alex Tuck, man. Victor Olves, I feel it's very close. Again, Tage Thompson, uh, probably a higher higher skilled player than anybody else on Detroit. Dylan Larkin is up there. Uh, uh, they, it's, it's definitely close. Let's go to the defense here. So Buffalo having Rasmus Dahlin, who had a phenomenal year last year. Looks like he has fully arrived in the NHL now. 
Matias Samuelson, great defensive defenseman, pairs very nicely with with Ras or Darlene, Connor Clifton. A little bit expensive, I would say, but a good addition. It's only three years, not too bad. They have a lot of one-year defensemen now that I'm looking at it. They only have two defensemen that are signed up uh, for more than one year, and that is uh, Samuelson and Clifton. So Darlene is on one one more year. Eric Johnson won. Labushkin won. Yoki Haru won. Riley Stillman, Owen Power. So a lot of guys on one-year deals, they arguably have maybe a defenseman or two too many. But, oh, also on their forward group, they also have Jack Quinn. But I be- he has a major injury. I don't remember if he's going to be in this season or not. Uh, more than likely at some point. But anyway, defenseman, uh, Eric Johnson also added in there as well. Ilya Labushkin. I kind of just went down all these names. But yeah, Owen Power... Rasmus Dahlin, I mean, I was so incredibly impressed with Owen Power already, how, like, he looks very, very solid, he looks very comfortable, so this guy's just going to continue to get better and better and better, I don't think he's going to have an offensive ceiling that Dahlin has, but very, very sound defenseman, and considering he's only 20, that's incredible, Dahlin, again, very good, I like this makeup, man. I like it. Maybe there's a little bit of lacking of offensive ability, like Eric Johnson, Connor Clifton, Samuelson, Labushkin. You're not really going to be getting any points out of those guys. You're going to be focusing in on a lot of points out of Darlene and potentially power. Like It kind of depends on if he takes that offensive step this year. We'll have to see. Uh, in terms of defense, I like Buffalo's defense. There's not a lot of great names there. There's like some, a lot, I would say some, a lot of really good, like top six defensemen. I would say Darlene, probably your bona fide top two at this point. He's very, very good. Owen Power, a very good top four, I would say. And then, uh, and then Samuelson as well. Very good. Uh, you can pair him up with Darlene on the top line. I'd feel comfortable with that. The rest of them are just like, yeah, they're, they're solid. And then in that, you got Eric Comrie and Devin Levi. So, is there another guy that I'm missing here? Ooh, okay. Very risky goaltending tandem right here. So, Devin Levi, very young, 21-year-old goaltender. Could be the next one, but it's a goaltender and a young one at that. So, who knows, man? He could be the next coming of Patrick Waugh, or he could be a flash in the pan. We'll just have to wait and see. Looks really good so far in the short amount of time that we've seen Devin Levi play. Looks good. And then Eric Comrie. I mean, I had a lot of hope for this guy when Buffalo signed him. I was like, man, the dude is getting lost in the shuffle over there in Winnipeg. He had a fantastic season over there as the backup. Came over to Buffalo, didn't quite live up to my expectations there. And honestly, this that goaltending tandem makes me sweat a little bit. It's very, very, very risky. There's not a lot of... Um, experience there. I mean, Devin Levi, fucking young rookie, and then Eric Comrie never really solidified himself as a starting goaltender in the NHL. So they're definitely going to be uh, hoping for some luck there in net, I would imagine. If Devin Levi just turns out to be an unbelievable goaltender, then that's amazing for them. That's exactly what they're going to need. The defense is fine. The the forward group is pretty good. Again, you can use some more depth there for sure. And in terms of defense, I think they have good depth, but they could use maybe a top four. Uh, another top four would be good for them. Maybe someone that can move the puck a little bit better. That would maybe be someone that they'd be eyeing up there in Buffalo. 
Overall, I think that's a pretty good team. Honestly, man, all said and done, I think Ottawa on paper right now has the best chance of getting in there. I'm, I'm not saying just yet that they will or anything like that. I think as of right now, at, up until this point of the offseason, I really like the way that Ottawa looks. I like that back end. As long as the young defensemen can take that step forward and really start to solidify their NHL careers, and if Jonas Corposalo absolutely hits. If, if he can play really good, has a great year, Ottawa's going to fuck around, man. They can be really, really dangerous. If they have a fully healthy forward squad with Norris back in there fully, Ottawa could be good, man. But I'm not saying that Buffalo and Detroit are going to be terrible. I think they're definitely they're going to be competitive this year. They're going to be playing meaningful games later into the season this year. Last year, it just seemed like Stevie Y just kind of pulled the plug, which... I don't blame him for it. It was the right thing to do. I, I'm fully behind that move. And I don't think either... I, I think I all three of these teams still have more work they're going to be wanting to do. So out of those three teams, which one do you think has the best shot of getting into a playoff spot? Uh, they are all Eastern teams. I will be taking a look at some of the Western teams. It's just that these Eastern teams in particular... We've been waiting for quite a while for either of those three teams to bust into the playoff spots. So we'll take a look at the Western teams next time. But yes, which ones do you think? I'm, I'm feeling good about Ottawa. I felt very good about Ottawa last year. Now I think they, they're even better than last year. Adding, though they lose to Brinkett, but they added in Corpusalo. You're adding in Shikrin. You're adding in Kubalik, who I think is still a very nice little player. Ottawa could be quite nice. So... There you go, everybody. I think that'll be it for me this week for the hockey. Uh, I will probably announce if there will or won't be an episode in uh, that particular week of the hockey cast. Uh, Not going fully every other week just yet, but there's definitely going to be uh, some slow times here in the offseason where there's not going to be a whole lot. So if there's a week uh, I won't be doing a hockey cast, I'll let you know on the Twitter page and all that great stuff so you can keep up with that. Uh, Go check that out. Link is down in the description. All these podcasts are getting uploaded to the YouTube channel, GamerGX videos, and I'm also playing through, well, I'm not, I'm currently taking a break on the Batman Telltale series, but uh, I finished up the first episode of the Telltale series, so that's going up. You can go check those out. And in terms of the gamer cast this week are going to be doing a versus it's 1998 going up against 2004 to see what years of gaming were truly the best and we'll be working our way up to 2023 and all that great stuff so that'll be a lot of fun and yeah i think that'll be it we're gonna have the hockey cat or uh, the wrestle cast going up as always and that is it everybody thank you so much for listening enjoy the rest of your weekend it is kind of a shitty ugly rainy day for me so i'll probably just be down here recording stuff all day so yes thank you everybody again for listening you are awesome and we will be back again with more gx plus cast